0: What's on our minds today? Today, I think money might be on the mind today. Money. (laughs) Money, money. (laughs) Maybe we could talk about the crossover of, you know, wanting to maybe dip your toes into entrepreneurship or business whilst also having the characteristics or the traits that we have, like the both of us. I mean, in terms of being... Like eldest daughters, being hyper-independent, being very like perfectionisty, mm-hmm. All the traits that have caused us a little bit of probably trauma that we've touched on in previous episodes and probably will touch on. But how that influences, you know, your behaviours in business as well. Because <clears throat> I think we've both talked about the fact that part of our double lives are the fact that we have, we, we run our social medias alongside full-time jobs right now. And part of running the social media, we kind of—I personally think—we act like there's like a new term, solopreneurs, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is the same thing as an entrepreneur, because you're still you're still one person.
1: Yeah. What? So why did the solopreneur?
0: I guess solopreneur is more like you're always one. You're like a fully a one man band.
1: Oh, so there's no prospect of you. But then there are some people that do social media and stuff that then build a team out of it
0: yeah so So then maybe they're entrepreneurs Yeah, so then maybe they're entrepreneurs so maybe an entrepreneur is okay you're a business starter that business could be anything Mm. and then a solopreneur is you're a solo starter but your business is also
1: grows into maybe something big maybe you don't expect it to be like a big business to begin with
0: yeah so do you think you've noticed any like differences in the way that maybe you run a business run your business if you want to call it a business. Mm-hmm. Are we calling it a business?
1: No, let's call it a business
0: though because it's definitely something that could potentially
1: turn into its own business. So I think the point you mentioned about being a perfectionist is so on point because when you think of an entrepreneur, I think of someone who kind of goes with the flow, the very, they're a risk taker, they're very sure of like their decisions, they're very just... I think you kind of have to be someone that's self-assured and, like, don't mind making mistakes. Whereas I think as a perfectionist, you have to have... You feel like you need everything right in the beginning before you take that leap. Or So when you start a business, you almost think you have to have everything already in place and everything ready and set. And if there are things that you have to change later, that's almost a bit of a failure rather than that just, like, you moulding with it and growing with it. So I think that has probably hindered me a lot because... I do have the tendency to feel like I'm not ready for things just because not absolutely everything is set and ready to go. And I almost feel like making those mistakes later down the line. I almost put so much pressure on them and think they're a failure when actually they're just things. It's like a stepping stone and like progress to be made. Like no entrepreneur, no successful business has ever been created by like having everything ready from the start. Mm -hmm. So... It takes a lot to remind myself of that. And I think I've gotten better with that as time has gone on. And as I've realized that even when you start and you think you have everything perfect, you don't, like time evolves. And especially in certain industries where tech is involved, for example, there's always like a better piece of equipment to use that that comes out later. Yeah, there's always more resources that you didn't know about. There's always things that, there's always like new trends that you Mm. can't possibly always have everything right the first time around. So I think it's taken me a while to like understand that. But I also think the whole like taking risks thing is something I definitely struggle with still.
0: Well, we've spoken about it before. Like we struggle to make decisions because of the fear of the consequences of this Decisions and I was talking about freaking restaurants and like deciding what to pick on the menu. We were struggling earlier <laughs> trying to decide what food to buy for lunch and dinner. We were literally in Aldi, we were like, Should we get this? And one of us was like, I don't know,
1: Should we get it? <laughs> but
0: what do you want? Let's yeah. go with what you want. Like, two people are just trying to make a decision. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it goes back to that conversation about like being scared of the consequences, except the consequences in business are actually real consequences Mm. and the risks are very real because you know even as like if I take the way I've grown up I've been surrounded by a chase or you know a thirst for stability Mm. and safety because of the risks of this world so balancing that and the fact that you actually I don't think you can do well in business or be a good entrepreneur without taking risks and like yeah I think it's it's difficult because yeah you can make calculated risks but I feel like that's still just procrastinating taking the risk yeah <laughs> most of the time I think
1: you you have to be brave enough to go with even some decisions that you're not even
0: sure yeah. are gonna work out have you ever kind of made have you ever ever taken a risk or made a decision and maybe it's backfired oh uh, I feel like my mindset is very different these days it's like I don't really see
1: failures as what I would have seen as failures before I don't see them that way anymore Mm. it's just like a a moment to like pivot so like Mm. I will something will not work out but I'm like I make myself glad that it didn't work out because now I can focus my energy on something else So it's hard to like pinpoint a failure or something that didn't work because I'm almost like, but in retrospect, you can always look at things that didn't work out and then realize, but if that did work out, then I wouldn't have what I have now.
0: Yeah, the Chinese farmer.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there's always like, I'm such a strong believer in everything happens for a reason. So I think that really helps with the whole getting down in the dumps about failures and things not working out because I never really dwell on things that don't work out I'm very much I find it very easy once it's happened it's just weird that my mindset is so much that before I make the decision I'm so hard on myself I'm so stressed out but when I do it and then even if it doesn't work out I'm I'm very quick to bounce back and be like okay well yeah it didn't work out but I'm on to better things now so I don't I feel like I'll dwell a little bit but I don't that doesn't linger for me but it's always the starting that's the terrifying part it's always like getting to the stage where you're actually going to make the decision yeah because I feel like that's the, the time that I'm most anxiety ridden because I don't know what's coming I feel like when you know the result you just have to deal with it you, you don't you don't have to worry about what ifs yeah so I feel like the what ifs and the unknowns are the most difficult things for me to deal with because yeah I just feel like that that lack of control whereas if you know what you're
0: tackling and if something didn't work out you you know what you're dealing with yeah so well it's like it's analysis paralysis isn't it I do that I am in paralysis probably like 50% of my life because I'm always analyzing everything like trying like you say like I also am a perfectionist in the worst way possible because I struggle to make that start without knowing okay making the start is going to be what is it going to be the end of the The end of yeah is it going to be the end of the world if something goes wrong as part of this thing and I think it boils down if you take business out of it even small things like starting new habits or trying to even stop bad habits those first decisions which you know people always say like the easiest way to make progress is to make small progress or the easiest the easiest way to get unstuck is to break that big thing you're unstuck on into a very small task but that small task still has to be right in my mind maybe previously more so but even now I still struggle to make the wrong first move or the wrong first step because what does that mean for the rest of the thing that you're trying to do like how do you come back from that mentally without beating yourself up
1: I think it's more of a mental struggle for me like I'll get things done but I'm in mental like turmoil all the time over like decisions what,
0: what kind of mental turmoil are you in like are you criticizing yourself a lot are you analyzing things like I do or like
1: Yeah I guess it depends on the stage I feel like I'm very like I'll go through all the consequences and I'll like beat myself up about a decision that I haven't even like the consequences that could happen before Mm. they've even happened I feel like and then I almost when there's like a decision I feel like I'm just driven by fear a lot of the time so that's why I struggle so much mentally because I'm one side of me is like terrified and fearful of the consequences but the other side of me is really like willing to do it and I'm just like battling with myself. But then when you end up making the decision and if it doesn't work out, then you're those two sides are battling again and it's like, well, you shouldn't have done it but you wanted to do it and now you've got the experience and you've learned your lesson. Now you can move forward with that knowledge. So yeah. it's, it's hard because I feel like I'm just like mentally in a battle with myself constantly over wanting to do things I want to do But then feeling like I can't, you can't really calculate the risk properly until you've done something. Yeah, you can't, yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. You can do all the analysis that you want, but realistically, I know at the end of the day, I'm about to make that decision. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, no matter how much I've analysed it. And that's the terrifying part for me. And that's the thing that like stresses me the most.
0: Yeah. The opposite of that, as in doing things for the sake of doing them, makes a good business person. But does the fact that, we can't do that and we struggle with that and we have these mental battles does that make us bad business women yeah does that make us bad business women
1: I think to an extent you have to make those calculated risks in business so if you are someone that does actually look at the data in front of you and I think you do there is an element where you do have to be sensible about things in mm. business I so don't
0: I was gonna say equally there's probably an element of like pure stupidity if you're not doing that
1: right yeah I think, I think there's a big like there's a lot of businesses that fail yeah and there's a I've, isn't there a statistic where a very high percentage of startups like actually fail within the first year or two
0: yeah there's definitely something so like
1: that. there's loads of in- entrepreneurs out there but how many are successful ones and maybe there are elements of your characteristics of being an entrepreneur that mm. actually do hinder you even though we think that all being super like risk aware and worried and perfectionist is stopping us from achieving but there's a lot mm. of people that go for it and they they do take the risk, but it still fails. So, mm. you, I, I, think it's hard to determine like what makes you a good and bad business person because I think there's a lot of different personalities that make it very successfully in business. But I just think, I think it's important to take risk because if you don't, you don't get off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so I think our type of personalities has to be able to fight our way out of that and actually make the sure that they're- yeah Yeah. starting but then there's things for other people to learn that don't have that like awareness to not jump in head first and actually take a step back and think about the risks I think they should be more risk like aware too
0: yeah but
1: in on the opposite spectrum so I think it's just like a spectrum you just gotta find the balance I don't know I don't know if there's like a perfect personality or a type of person that Thrives in it. There probably is, but that's the very balanced person. They're not on yeah. one side of the spectrum or
0: the other. Yeah. And I guess like being that, trying to be that perfect personality is probably being like, I would say that we're quite, a, well, the fact that we're doing a podcast episode on it makes us quite aware of the fact that we have these huge like mental blocks when it comes to decision making, taking risks, getting something off the ground. But then actually, if I actually think about like, my social media and the way I run it, I think that perfectionist element and my fear of taking risks has definitely held me back. Like, cause I've got it started, right? I'm doing it, mm-hmm. you're doing it. <laughs> but I could definitely be doing it a lot better. I think the fact that I am a perfectionist and I don't have that much trust in like the outside world. I don't know if that's oh, that's a huge generalizing statement. I have a lot more trust in myself trying to get something done mm. rather than like, like I struggle to outsource basically yeah. because I know I could get something done the way I want it done myself. But I do not have the capability to do that. Therefore I slow my business down because I'm not outsourcing. However, if I did out in my head, this is, this is my thought process. <laughs> if I did outsource and they weren't doing it as good as I wanted to wanted it to be whatever that task was is it is there any point in outsourcing like are you still taking it forward I would actually say yes (laughs) because I get told off by my partner a lot for trying to do everything myself and not outsourcing for the fear of someone getting it wrong or doing it wrong because I know the consequence of or yeah the consequence of me not outsourcing is me being stuck in this one place moving forward incredibly slowly Whereas if I outsourced, yeah, it might not be great, but I'm probably moving forward at pace faster than I'm currently moving forward at now.
1: Yeah, I get that that outsourcing point is huge because I think when you've already started and when you, especially when you're working full time and doing a passion project, like a side hustle, you have to kind of start to think about relying on other people to keep it going and actually doing the outsourcing because it becomes unsustainable for you to be working full-time and then basically taking on another full-time job to keep being consistent and that's definitely something I battled with as well like I've thought so much about outsourcing certain tasks when it comes to like certain whether it's editing my videos or but like you said it's really hard to it's so hard to let go of those things that I don't I know I'm not even great at it but I know how I like it so and I just fear that I'll just be because of the perfectionist like nature I have I don't want to end up having to micromanage someone and be like you know just really fussy with things and irritate them irritate myself or like pay for something and don't feel like I got what I wanted out of it and then I have to deal with oh I have to you know because then the people pleaser comes out in me and I have to deal with trying to tell someone that I don't like something but not being able to tell them and all those kind of things that I then start to have to deal with whereas if it's just myself I can try and change it myself. Yeah. I can tell myself to, off. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier that way. I do that
0: every single day, every single minute of my life.
1: <laughs> Second nature, you know? Second nature.
0: It's so hard to be like... be super critical.
1: <laughs> but it's so hard to do that when it's someone else. Those are kind of the thought processes I have. I just feel like it's so much... It actually will probably drain me more to do that. But actually, I think I'm just shooting myself in the foot because you know how long it took me to get
0: management? <laughs> yeah you were you were thinking about the decision for way too as an outsider it's it's like I have your brain but then listening to you I'm like able to see how much you're like spiraling but then I also spiral it's really funny but yeah you took ages I took so long I was so scared
1: and it was it was a perfectionist thing I wanted the perfect management and I didn't want to sign with anyone and I know it can cause a lot of hassle and I did have I was wary for certain reasons because I've heard of the horror stories but ultimately I I mean it's twofold right because when you are someone that's a bit of a perfectionist and you want to get things right then you do avoid a lot of problems because you don't just jump into things and then you don't risk things because there was an instance where I was going to go for a management and they gave me this hefty contract and if I was the type of person like more go with the flow like I've just like free spirit I don't care I would have just signed it and been like great I've got a management now but I read through it I was so meticulous and I was so like I wanted to know exactly what I was signing and I read a lot of I, had, I felt like there were a lot of red flags and those things that I wasn't happy about so I raised them and they they refused to change it so I was like do you know what I'm not gonna do it it doesn't feel right and I'm really glad that I did it because then now I've landed the management and, that I have now and I've got a really good relationship I'm really happy. So I'm like, well, if I didn't have that nature to be picky and like really want that perfect scenario, I could have landed myself in a situation that I wasn't happy. So yeah. it's so hard to like, I know that it detriments me in some situations, but then I also know it is a benefit. So yeah, it's, I guess it's just trying to mold it in certain situations to not detriment me.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's also... It's that, it's trying to see the benefit of the the thing you're trying to be more efficient with. But also, I think we put importance or more value in the things that we can make perfect. When in actual fact, if we think about entrepreneurship as a whole, and as someone who's like, if you want to start and run a successful business, your time is probably the most valuable thing. Mm. Because you're the one doing the things that are going to end up creating like money and revenue and sales and services and all this stuff. It comes from you and the time that you have. So the more time that you have, the more you can do all these money-making tasks and the less time that you have, it's like the less money you're going to make technically. Um, This is going down a very time is money rabbit hole, but I'm trying to avoid that. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to say is, By outsourcing or by you getting management, you probably have a lot more free time to focus on the things that not only you enjoy more out of social media and the businesses that you run, but to do what you actually can make more money with and more, I guess like you can like create more of the future that you want to create with the time that you have now. And same with me, like I'm, I'm, I have less time because... I'm putting more priority in like these outputs that someone else or something else would not be able to create as well as me. And I'm actually putting importance on the wrong thing. Yeah, And I think trying to, sw- try, trying to like l- relearn that, or I guess like emphasize more that time is more important than the output is a really difficult thing. I think based on the way I've been raised and based on the fact that a lot of my previous validation came from like external things
1: yeah you know what I, I mean? think a lot of part of like being on social media in general is like when you're so used to getting that external validation and you're not really taught to just get that from yourself and just be happy from within anyway it's it's such a vicious cycle of you want to be perfect because you want people to f- you almost want the validation from people that they know that you're Perfect, and that you're doing everything right, or they're like happy with what you're doing.
0: Yeah, you think the validation comes from what you're posting, not the fact that you are the one posting it. You feel like the validation is from the 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 thing that's posted. Yeah, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's it's so weird because you almost because my mindset is that I very much do it for people. Like I post because I'm like trying to help people or inspire, or like even if it's like funny stuff, or just to entertain people. So I always in my mind it kind of has to be perfect because I want them to like reap the benefits of it and I just want that like positive reaction and you all I feel like when you are that type of character that like almost seeks that from other people because you don't really you have not really learned to just like be happy (laughs) no matter what like it doesn't matter if people are like happy with what you're doing or what you're saying or agree with you or not then I feel like you you become a bit more hard on yourself and that perfectionist nature comes out more because you're so stressed about like re repeating that reaction from other people or getting that validation yeah. from yeah
0: yeah like you you know you've set the bar here yeah you have it's to like you mentally it. can't let it drop but letting it like I think the bar of if we take just our what we do the bar of the quality of our social media and well the quality of our content if it's like here I think I need to get like used to the fact that it will it just goes fluctuate. up and down mm. but the average is here and also it's not even like the quality of the content it's like the message you're trying to put across and maybe like the impact you're actually having on people as a result of that content but I think I was thinking back to like the risk-taking element of what we were talking about earlier and like hyper-independence and being perfectionist and I think there's a lot of me that I in addition to okay, I want this thing to be perfect. I'm a control freak and I hate risks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm also very scared to be like reliant on other people because I think I've been reliant on myself for so long and I know I can get something done. Mm -hmm. Obviously we've said that like we can get something done to a standard we like, but the, the idea of like, okay, now I need this person to do something for me because maybe I'm financially, i paying them or maybe I'm relying on like some kind of content they're making or something like that. The idea of that makes me so uncomfortable. And I don't know if that's just me being like, again, hyper independent and like mentally just like, okay, if something needs to be done, it's me mm. because I don't know why, like, can I rely on myself more? Am I more capable of doing it? Am I just not going to mess up? It's really hard mental barrier to push past but also it bleeds into like my personal life and stuff as well. Like I really struggle to rely on other people. Mm. And like, I really struggle with like the risk of disappointment more than the risk of something going wrong. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, that's true. I feel like I'm trying to think what I am like in a scenario like that, because I, I, I think I do it, but I don't, realize I'm doing it if that makes sense what relying on
0: yourself too much yeah
1: I just don't expect from anyone
0: yeah so that's yeah that's literally exactly what I'm talking about
1: okay because I never really like it's not it's not actually something I've thought about it's kind of like I I'm fine (laughs) (laughs) I'm always fine and if I'm not fine I'm gonna be fine yeah I don't (laughs) yeah so it's weird like hearing you talk about that I'm almost like do I do that too because I don't actively I'm not aware of it Mm. I just kind of that's probably something that I'm not very, like, the whole hyper-independence thing, because I've heard people talk about it online before, and I like the idea, of rely, especially, like, on a partner, I have no problem, like, I don't know, maybe it's a high-maintenance thing, but I genuinely feel like the, there's maybe, like, roles, or I feel like I would like to be able to rely on, like, a partner, for example, but I that doesn't mean I need to it means that I want to so I don't I don't know if that is a hyper independence thing because I I'm totally fine on my own like I financially support myself I like have my own career I have my own money I have my own home like I don't really rely on anyone for anything so that's kind of where my like stability and like relying on myself comes from but I don't I don't think I have the it'd be nice to rely on someone else do you know what I mean like I I don't feel like I fear relying on other people just because if I did that I I wouldn't actually be relying on them it would just be like a a moment thing where like oh someone else can like take care of something for a change yeah do you know what I mean yeah. but I've still got myself if they can't
0: do you know what I mean I don't know I still think that's still a safety blanket because mentally oh, okay. like, <laughs> they can let me down it doesn't matter because I've got myself it's like it's a safety blanket of like not fully putting your heart into something because you know it could go wrong yeah do you know what I mean
1: but does anyone really because my question is then like does anyone really like wholly rely on someone else like that's just that is kind of a scary thought to me actually
0: yeah so I don't know how businesses do it because as a business if you're like a fully fledged business with like branches and HR departments and all this stuff you're relying on like an entire department to function way on their own on on its own. Do you know what I mean? I mean? I never thought about that. I'd like if I was like the CEO and
1: I had all these like different teams but like I wasn't in control involved of anything.
0: in what was going on.
1: I'd be like This is what I mean. Do know how to do the job?
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. This is exactly what I'm trying to like get at. It's it's the fact that okay, yeah, as a solopreneur we're like okay, I can edit my own video fine. <laughs> but if you're if if we evolved into a huge fully functioning business the business of Farah, yeah then like how do you like I don't think i would cope because you well. have to let go like you have to let go That's
1: certain things it's kind of frustrating knowing now like yeah the penny has just dropped <laughs> i think it's so there's a lot of people that like are successful because they outsource and because they have that trust or they know they they put effort into finding the right people for the job and even if the first hire doesn't do a good job then they'll find someone else like that's just the nature of business right but yeah I almost feel like that terrifies me the thought of like having a business attached to my name my brand and I'm gonna just let another person like run it or like Mm. a part of it
0: that is really scary it's the same with like franchising and stuff if you get if I guess if you if you take it in like a similar vein you've got one brand one reputation that is meant to be the same across all franchisees but you can just buy into a franchise like you can just do it and like run it independently
1: do you think at that stage people care more about the money than the like what how great their brand like, oh like the or, cohesiveness yeah. of everything
0: because probably at that stage yeah, such
1: big businesses i'm thinking of like mcdonald's kfc like yeah. the people that right 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 at the top maybe it's because they've just built such a strong brand presence that they do have to kind of be like well
0: the money's coming in so it probably is just like a muscle to flex as well maybe flex is the wrong word a muscle to like train over and over again is like making mistakes realizing that the world hasn't ended and then being able to do that again so I, I th- oh my god it actually comes straight back to not being able to start something because you need everything to be perfect it's like you need to make it comes back to failure as well you need to fail to know that everything is fine it's not perfect but it's fine if you do fail and you can just start again because in in our day and age like I could start a business tomorrow and as long as I've not invested my freaking pension into it if it fails I've lost what I've invested. But am I at rock bottom?
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, am I truly
0: at rock bottom? Probably not. But I don't know if that's me being really optimistic about the kind of business I would start.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess it does come down to, like, the investment and, like, what position you put yourself in to risk making it work. But I feel like our type personalities wouldn't put a total risk on it because Mm. we would have that fear of it failing. So... Yeah, I, don't, I think that probably does protect you in some form. Of like you're not actually going to hit rock bottom if you do try something new because your yourself won't let you take yeah. that big of a risk. So I guess there's an element of like it being a good thing that I think it just hinders you when it just goes too far to the point where you just don't even start anything because you're so worried about the failure. And
0: but I think I, that's where I'm at. Cause I literally have this notes, a note on my phone. Mm. And it's just a load of business ideas. And I've had it. Really? I've had it for like the longest time. I'm a little bit like my dad because my dad's really entrepreneurial yet has stayed in healthcare his entire life. <laughs> it's probably the same, it's exact same as me. But I have this list of ideas. and I like, always get like a little idea and I'll write it down. I will never take action on any of them.
1: But is it reason purely like, is it the risk or fear of failure like what is the actual reason because I I feel like I'm quite similar in that sense but I think a lot of the time I'm just either don't know where to start or I I'm just a bit of a procrastinator as well to be honest and that's why it's like sometimes if I have an idea I won't get kicked started mm. because of I've got so much going on I'm like how much can
0: one person but then it comes
1: back to the point of like it shouldn't be one person yeah, happening exactly on? it shouldn't
0: just be one per- like well, you probably <laughs> Well, that's the other thing, though, with with a business, you probably has to be you for a while. Like it is us with well, until you got management, it was you doing everything. Right. And for a while, like I think I've been I've had my socials going since like the end of 2020. And I've never I've I've paid it. I've tried to outsource and failed. Really? Yeah. I didn't I didn't like the quality of it. And gone back to not posting that much because I can't, can't you know what I mean? I can't keep up it. with it, yeah. yeah.
1: But I guess in that situation, I think you just got to try again, like find someone else. Like don't give up on... The, the fact that you took that step first is like brilliant because now you, like you're kind of familiar with the process of trying to find someone. They just kind of need to move on to the next because then yeah, you do detriment yourself in that situation when it's either not posting or... Getting someone that does a bad job, but then there are people out there that would do a good job.
0: Yeah, but then I think even creating content is very risk-free in itself. I think mm. like you're not really investing that much money into. It. I didn't put any money into starting a YouTube channel because I had all the stuff at home anyway. That was a privilege in itself, but still, I didn't have to fork out anything. And like, if I think about why I've not started any of the businesses in my in my notes in my um iPhone note I I think it's like a mixture of a fear of failure and not knowing how the hell to start half these businesses because it's, it's a mixture of like random product-based businesses and service based businesses and in mid 2020 I did have an idea and I researched the hell out of it like how to start it it was a like a beauty-based business as well so I looked up manufacturers I like I did the whole shebang on like how to get started I did a logo I did like a little pitch deck I literally did everything except start mm. oh no way <laughs> so you were literally right there yeah I was literally right there and then I just stopped because and even now I think back I'm glad I did, I'm glad I didn't start because I've since met some founders who started the exact same business and I'm like it wasn't that unique um they have done well though which shows me
1: but do you not worry like so this is my reason as well for like not starting stuff is because I'm like oh but like everyone else is doing it like I'm not different
0: yeah that's that's kind of and I get really stressed
1: at like not being unique enough to like succeed yeah but nothing is freaking unique like if you think about it there's except for I feel like we're in a time where there's not really much like new I don't know if that's naive to say but there's not a lot of there
0: isn't though like there aren't that many unique things, but there are lots of samey things with unique angles. Yeah. And I think as humans, we're probably like underestimating, like hugely underestimating, the size of like small little niches in the market. Um, and the reason I think this is because I've been following. Do you know you know the brand Odd News? Yeah. They make like really nice blazers and oh, things. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think the founder, she was. It was either a podcast episode or like an interview or something. I think her name's Amy. And she was talking about how she started the brand mm-hmm. and everything. And she was basically saying she had this um idea and she just really emphasized being innovative with it and like making sure it was unique in a way. Like it's not a unique product. product. No product is like you say, no product out there is ever gonna be unique. But her angle was like, and was and still is a very unique angle on a very, I guess, like general product. Mm -hmm. And that unique angle targets like part of the market, which you'd think wouldn't be that big, but it's enough for her to have made this incredible business out of it, right? And I think we really underestimate that, probably. we Like I I shot down this business after researching it, because I didn't think it was unique enough. And I didn't think it appealed to enough people to make it a viable business but then i'm thinking oh i need to be the next like huda beauty from this one one little thing and i'm like i'm not considering the fact that i do have to start off in a smaller Small, niche Yeah, you do have to start off making pennies before you make tens before you make thousands before you make billions you know it has to it doesn't have to obviously go in that direction mm-hmm. and probably is there's always these like really unique really innovative businesses that you know start at the millions probably like there's a range of businesses that start out there but I think as a, as a person who is risk averse hyper independent mm-hmm. thinks too much about everything I should be more comfortable with the fact that I have to start small and yeah. I'd be okay with that
1: how do you think you will get to that point like I do think there will come a time where you actually take action and start with it, one of those businesses I think
0: I have to fail like I think I I know I have to fail and like the idea of that because now I have these public platforms as well mm. it's like I can't just like fail by myself you have to fail publicly <laughs> I have well I guess I don't have to fail publicly but as part of you know starting my socials and like the whole ethos one of my biggest what's the eth- plural of ethos ethoses <laughs> <laughs> don't know but one of my like driving values is wanting to overshare and like wanting to give insight into all these things that I'm interested in to a certain extent mm-hmm. so I would hate to start a business and like not share the journey and like that path because that's helpful in itself because of the fact we're talking about how hard it is yeah, to yeah. Do. a part of me wanted a
1: part of me wanted to like start one of like do my one of my business ideas but anonymously because then it wouldn't matter yeah. if I failed or not because nobody, it wouldn't be attached to me but that a lot of business advice these days is that you need a face to the brand because that's how people connect with the brand and that's how people buy into it is by because they buy into you as a owner it's true so I'm like damn that ain't gonna work
0: <laughs> you missed your shot of doing it in private I know, like- although I remember once Patricia Bright on her you know her personal finance channel. She, didn't she create a brand anonymously? Yeah, so she because she did that. I don't know if she did it for the purposes of like creating the brand or for it as a project. I would love to do that if I actually was like so just successful that I had spare spare cash, cash to start and fail a business. <laughs> I would love to just do these experiments and like showcase them. But yeah, I, I remember watching that video and. She was talking about, like, cause I think it was a product based thing, and she was talking about like the ups and downs and I think six like month journey.
1: business or something like that. A what? A wig business or like something to do with that. Wig.
0: Hair. Oh, so you said wick. I was like, that's very unique. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the little
1: candle things. So <laughs> no, wigs. I think those wigs are something
0: like hair related.
1: Oh, I just want to say the name because yeah. obviously then people would know.
0: Yeah, it ruins the anonymous or the anonymity. But you could do that. Like, you could. St- but because think- you can still share it if it does well or not. But then the, at least through, through like, the process, you don't have to the pressure of like being like, oh, no sales today. Sorry. <laughs> you
1: know, now we're in the world of AI. Well, can't I just create like a fake person to be like, does that be really expensive to do? I just imagine. What do you mean? Creating, so you in like a fake owner. So fake there is CEO. a face to the brand. But it's just not mine and it's just not anyone else that exists.
0: That is. But no one knows they're not real. Oh my god, that's an awesome idea. You should definitely do that. I think that I adds so it. much, like, that adds a whole new layer to being able to share it as a case study as well. Yeah. You'd be like, like not I only is it a new business it's a new it's person. owned by a,
1: a fake person. Yeah. Can you imagine that? I'd really want to do that, but I have a feeling
0: that'd be really pricey. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's mm-hmm. a really high. Barrier to entry,
1: <laughs> yeah, to even like consider that. But to be honest, if I think about all these like new TikTok businesses, I don't know the face. Like I don't know the face of Oddmuse, and I've seen them around a lot, and I know she's like, she's definitely shown her face. But I don't think of her face when I think of her brand. I think of that blazer.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that I mean? think I think of her, but that's only because I found her before I found the brand. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Because th- at the first time I ever discovered her was a podcast episode she did, because. I think that what made me interested was when she said she was working at ASOS and then she basically went from working in an ASOS to starting this brand in lockdown and that that was the I, I was thinking about this beauty brand that I almost started I was thinking about that during lockdown so I was like in that world oh, on on social media I like see, probably like algorithms and stuff brought me there yeah and then I found her brand and then it, it was in the middle of blowing up at that point the blazer mm. Um, so I've always associated her with it.
1: But there are other brands that are like I can't even put a face to the brand name. But they're very popular brands online. So I'm almost like maybe maybe they do show but the thing is they show faces and it, I, a lot of these examples are like clothing brands. So yeah. they have models so they do have faces on their page, but it's just you don't know if they're the owner or not. Yeah, I mean? yeah. So I don't know if it's like hugely need it but at the same time I almost yeah it's hard because even if I like got that right there'd be something else that I'm like oh I don't know like yeah. what do I do now
0: <laughs> but do you think you'd get into the swing of it like if you if you took something off the ground tomorrow like if you start if if you simply start an Instagram page for a business that you want to start tomorrow would you keep posting
1: This is the thing and I don't know if it's because I've already spent so many years building up my personal platforms that I'm almost like do I have the patience to do that all over again (laughs) do I mean because I know how long it takes I know how much effort it takes and I don't necessarily I think it would have to be something that I knew I could just do full time off the bat I don't think I could add another thing to my plate like as it stands. And I think that would be the struggle for me is that I already have so many things I'm balancing. Mm-hmm. And what truthfully stops me is just having too much going on. Yeah. Like there's there's way too much going on. And then obviously you have the risk of like investing in a new business. Like investing money is one thing, but investing your time into something and then it not working out is like hurts my heart as well. Because yeah. I'm like, imagine all the things I could have done with all that time. Like I could have just focused on my own and grown that like, I think I would have had all those things in my head of like regrets of even just the energy <laughs> I spent on it. Yeah. And it didn't work out.
0: Yeah. But then at like, least, you know, you have that to give.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. That's a very pessimistic way to look at it. I know it's like making it fail before it even fails, yeah. but. You should listen
0: to your own advice. At the beginning of the episode, you were saying like everything happens for a reason. So it's, mm. a, I was thinking like, that's a very nice way to have an outlook on your mistakes because then, okay, yeah. Anytime you make a mistake, it's only a mistake for a couple of minutes, maybe a day or two. Before, if you go back to your baseline of okay, that happened for a reason. The reason will show itself soon. Yeah, you know what I no, mean. You're
1: right. I think I battle between like wanting to really go for my career and like try like start these businesses and do all this thing, this stuff now in my twenties. That side of me, but then there's also a side of me that's tired. Yeah like so tired of grinding and so tired of the hustle like I just want to chill out yeah (laughs) I just want to stop for a minute or like a year or two yeah (laughs) because I am actually exhausted and I think I get really excited about these ideas and I get excited about the thought of it and then I do have these like doubts that creep up and I worry about the failure but ultimately I think what actually just stopped me is I'm just like burnt out like permanently (laughs) at this stage because there's just so much going on and when you are like self-sufficient and you are constantly relying on yourself for years and years and years you are you are used to it but you're also like like, permanently tired and I think that's what stops me from adding something more because I'm kind of in a stage where I'm still so young but I'm so over working hard (laughs) and maybe that's because I've been working for so many years like even during school like I got my first job as soon as I could get a national insurance number like I've been working for so many years that even though they were part-time jobs it's not like to the extent I'm working now but when you spend so many years doing that and so many years focusing on money and trying to grow your pot and then you kind of have achieved the things that you wanted to like I now live alone like I now have my own place and I'm like I feel settled I just kind of want to enjoy life now I feel like I haven't really had that chance to enjoy
0: I think that's really good that Living. like <laughs> you know you don't want the goalpost <laughs> to keep moving like you know like okay I've, I've reached the goalpost I really want to enjoy well, it's it it's a battle it's almost like I feel guilty for not want like forcing
1: myself to mm-hmm. continue doing it
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's a part of me that I'm like I
0: god. well you know do what do you know what that next. exactly is that is the fact that we have lived the life we've lived i.e. super hyper independent super like trying to do everything for everyone, not really looking inward that much, except now mm. looking inward and realising how exhausted we are. I think we don't, we've definitely never rested properly. No. Um, I think I'm getting used to it now and like knowing how to do it now. Do you ever feel like growing up, did you ever feel like you had to be doing something like
1: when you were living at home? Like for me, whenever I was like just chilling out If anyone saw me chilling out, I'd be really stressed over it. Like, I would always feel like I had to be too. I don't know if that's because I can't even remember if anything was actually said to me that was like along the lines of I was lazy or just because I had a minute to like breathe Mm. or if I just did that to myself. I can't really remember, but I do remember very distinctly never always feeling like I couldn't be seen, like sitting doing nothing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That really. I know what you mean. I don't think I had that. I don't think I had like any comments made or anything but I'm trying to think like was I ever chilling I was always doing something but like even
1: when you're just like you finished like school or something or like you're just having a break from revising I don't know I I just I've always felt very uneasy just being and not necessarily not doing anything but just not doing having a purpose to what you're doing like actually like studying or working or doing what's considered important like well that's probably
0: things. why you can't rest or like <laughs> why you haven't rested because like maybe in your mind rest like there's no purpose to rest
1: yeah so like
0: what's the point in it i definitely actually felt like that for a lot of
1: years I think that's what screwed me up like with my cycle and stuff as well is because when my body was telling me I needed to rest I couldn't mm. so I'd force myself and when I wasn't like tracking things I didn't really understand that there were changes mm-hmm. and I needed to change my routine and I just didn't and I think doing that for so long, like, it does really mess you up. Like, it really does. Entirely. And,
0: like, I think it's because, that like, rest itself doesn't have the most consistent, like, connotation with it. Well, rest really, to me, was sleep. <laughs> yeah, so rest is, like, physical rest. <laughs> yeah. So you, that's what you thought. or probably I thought, like, I'll rest, rest when I go to bed. Yeah. Like, otherwise, I have to be doing stuff. But even that, like, the rest that you're getting when you should be sleeping should be, like really high quality rest and that's not probably happening if Man. you're not actually getting like mental rest and like I th- there's definitely a post I have somewhere about like the different forms of rest because I think there's like four or five
1: yeah I've read
0: about that and I was shook I was like oh sleep I get none of these a- <laughs> <laughs> it's not just sleep <laughs> like- <laughs> and even sleep like it takes like I'm currently trying to like make sure my the quality of my sleep's like a lot better than it was before because now I understand if you're not actually sleeping properly, you literally die quicker. But- apparently, if you do have like a
1: bad night's sleep, apparently it affects you for the next like 72 hours or something. Yeah, that's what How weird. mad
0: is that? It's I crazy. thought, oh, I'll just catch up tomorrow. Like there was... And there's night. also no such thing as catching up. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I read that. No, I read that recently. I was like, okay, you have to get like consistent all the mm-hmm. time. But that is impossible. Like there's just something... Well, you things- say it's impossible, but it's impossible because we're not prioritizing it yeah like that's the thing like it would be possible if like oh yeah I had a busy day and I know I have a busy day the next day oh that means I'm not gonna get like eight hours of high quality sleep no it means I'm prioritizing my busyness over my sleep which is very easy to do Mm. I think in this day and age because you're like every hour I have awake and conscious needs to be productive, needs yeah. to have a specific purpose that's going to take me and my family and the rest of the generations of gun puts forward. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's all like on really you. overdone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think we really need to, well, I think you as well, you really need to prioritize your good physical rest, but also like other forms of rest even if that means literally doing nothing. And I think um, Akta on YouTube, I think she's got a video on like, a, I'm gonna be paraphrasing the title of her, of her video, but it's like the magic of being bored or something like that. And I think boredom is mental rest and boredom definitely, it makes me so creative. And like, I have my best ideas when I'm bored. When I'm truly in my mind, thinking of like nothing and not not in a meditative sense as in like there's nothing in it's like blank. Nothing in my brain. Yeah it's like I'm literally thinking of like I'm not planning my next meal I'm not planning what I'm doing xyz. I'm Do much. you have often moments of that? If I sh- so I was gonna say shower um <laughs> <laughs> don't want that to sound like anything else but um if I shake, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean I said sh- I wonder not even nervous until like. I just got nervous. Um, but if I'm ever doing something, because I'm a very, like, I don't know if stimulated is the right word, but I always have something on. Like I never sit in silence. But recently I've been trying to like embrace the silence of any moment that I have. So when I'm showering, I won't take a podcast in. If I'm walking, I'll try and have like one walk a day. I walk a lot but I try to have one that's like okay I don't have my headphones I don't I probably have my phone but I'm not doing anything I'm just like looking around yeah <laughs> and that seems really weird but that creates that like mental boredom and but that's purposeful times I'm like trying to create that
1: oh you see I love silence but I don't ever feel like I'm in silence like my mind is spinning at 100 miles an hour like there's so much that I, I can't stop thinking I find that really hard so I sit in silence a lot or I'm just like I'm not actively listening to anything or there's not something that I'm yeah paying attention to but it's in my head like my head is loud <laughs> yeah I know exactly yeah I know what you so, mean that's what I was asking I was like is there actually like points where because even when I'm feeling bored there's very like minimal time that I actually genuinely feel like I'm bored like I've got nothing to do I don't know like and I'm actually actively thinking about being bored but there are a lot of times where I I'm just like in my own head just like thinking not necessarily doing stuff but I'm like just make making mental notes like yeah. trying to figure out like my next move or like what's going on or like planning my week or whatever it is but there's always something going on in my head and it's
0: really hard to switch that off yeah I know I think maybe like I've heard meditation is good for that
1: yeah I kind of then- tried to start getting into that it's just not something it's do, hard like consistently yeah. it's hard to create a routine and
0: I think you need to, like, you need to create some sort of ritual that leads to your mind being empty. Like, I feel like you would struggle to just sit and be able to, like, okay, I want to be bored now. You know yeah, what I mean? Because you if your that. mind's still going, like, it's really hard to stop that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in this episode, we've literally talked about every single thing ever, and I don't know how to summarize
1: <laughs> I don't think we can. I think it was just... Oh, my God. Come on the Sola journey with me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was a jam-packed episode. <laughs> it was a jam-packed peanut butter jelly. Um, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed. Please leave us a review on Spotify if you're listening or Apple Podcasts down at the bottom. We'll see you... See you next Next time. week. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>